0: Welcome to another edition of the Call Me Al podcast sponsored by the Interdependence Network Um, and uh, coming to you through the Interdependence Network website, uh, buildingsocialcapital.org, as well as through uh, iTunes. Uh, My name is Al Condolusi. Welcome to the show. And and we have a really wonderful uh, conversation uh, in store for today. Uh, um, We're talking with David Isaac from uh from Brisbane, Australia, and David and I have been old friends for many many years. We've done work together. Uh, I've had an opportunity to uh, uh, visit with him in uh, in Brisbane in in, in a previous uh, position and role that he has. And um and so um we're we're just going to as we typically do um uh, converse uh and to discover a little bit more about what David's up to and some of the things that are happening down under. So, uh, David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Al. Wonderful to be with you, my friend. Yes, it, it really is wonderful, David. We've, uh, we've had an opportunity to, uh, uh, to explore things uh, down, down the path, looking at macro change, looking at community issues, looking at the history of the disability. And, um, you know, you're, you're really an interesting, um, person for a variety of, for a variety of reasons, but, um, you know, you really hail from New Zealand and you cut your IT teeth, um, in terms of human services and disability advocacy in some of the work that you did, um, in New Zealand before you headed over to, uh, Australia and to Queensland. And, yes. um, I, um, I wanted to really start with, um, just an opportunity for you to, uh, talk a little bit about your, your early days, the early formation of, mm-hmm. some, of the, um, some of the things that you you believe and some of the values and philosophy that you uh, support people from. So, can you tell us a little bit about your background, a little bit about some of those early days in, in New Zealand? Of course. So thank, thank you for asking. And uh, I, I guess like so many
1: other people, I started off uh, very humbly. Uh, as a volunteer initially and, and just got into what they call a, a buddy system where I would, uh, in, in the weekends, uh, join up with people and uh, we would do recreational things and, and leisure things together. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, decided uh, not too far into this that that's what I wanted to do with life, was to uh, support people with disability um, and perhaps people that were, you know, um, socially isolated for whatever reason. Um, so I began my work and, and, of course, with that started to study and um, became very intrigued very early on with people with perhaps more complex support needs uh, because of their behaviour, because of uh, their, their situations that they were in. Um, and it was through this that, that I started going to uh, university to learn about behaviour and uh, things like that. And uh, what I discovered very early on, Al, was that Um, The techniques that were being taught in the the mid-80s weren't very conducive to the way that I felt about people and the way that I felt people should be treated. Um, And they were very, I guess, behaviourist uh, days. They were very clinical. They were cold. They were mechanistic. And uh, above all else, they treated people, I felt, uh, with no respect. Um, And so I had to, to reflect on this and I think that when I came into this work, that was the last thing I wanted to do was treat people poorly. Um, and I felt that there needed to be a better way to, to support people. And, um, and, and I started reading and, you know, found, I guess, some uh, people that I felt uh, were onto something a little bit different in those uh, times and days. And, and so I stumbled across a, a, a guy called uh, Dr John McKee who was uh, at the time doing gentle teaching, And it it seems really obvious now, but at the time it was quite revelationary uh, that we would uh, treat people with respect, we would build a rapport with the individual, Uh, we would be there during the good times and the bad times. And um, so I I started following this this way of working and what really transpired, I guess, uh, over many, many, many years is that... That's the way I wanted to work with everyone. That's how I wanted to treat my staff. That's how I wanted to treat people in the community, uh, with respect. And uh, that it was an equitable relationship, that that it was a give and take, and that everybody uh, in our community has something to offer of value. Uh, so, so that was my really humble beginnings. Um, and, uh, you know, I was fortunate, and I, I think there were some very, very strong um, learnings in those early days. One was the, the gentle teaching, uh, but the other one that I really uh, fell across very early on Al, was that I found that when we were working with people, we were often trying to teach them skills, um, skill-based things like work, um, household chores, and it was very focused on, on task orientation, um, and. When I was working with uh, supporting a group of of, of people with disability, um, I remember one day uh, taking them down to the beach um, and for lunch. Uh, we had a bit of spare time, and they what really surprised me on that day was that they ate their lunch very quickly and then jumped into the vehicle ready to go home. And and a daughter hey that. Day that they didn't uh, have that uh, part of them that says we need to relax, we need to sit and chat, no. we need to reflect on life, we need to take some time out here and just get to know each other. And that really started me on on my mission in life, I guess, was that what's really fundamentally important from my perspective is that people uh, need to be able to connect with others. They, they need to um, enjoy each other's company, They need to socialise together and all the other things, even though they're important, they're secondary to those human uh, elements that that we all require and that is to be able to live, uh, cohabitate with others and get on with others and uh, et cetera. And I yeah. think just lastly on that, Al, uh, was that I was very blessed in my life to have the greatest mentors, uh, people that had time for me as a youngster uh, to to uh, take me under their wing and and show me and share with me their learnings, and teach me um, what it was all about. And that was mm-hmm. absolutely critical uh, in my development, and it's something that I'm very passionate about now as I'm aging uh, and getting to the mm-hmm. end of my career is about those young people and those young people coming uh, up behind me.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, David, that's uh, that's really powerful. You know, you you, you really expressed a couple things that I'd like to probe a bit more on. Um, yeah you know the john mcgee uh, gentle teaching very very familiar with uh with his work um actually it's a rogerian base from, from going all the way back to carl rogers and that whole notion of of personhood and and yes. and really treating people with value um but that's a philosophical base that i know you you practice from uh so you learned very well uh, in the work that we've done more recently, um, I, I see that in everything you do. But I wanted to probe on something. Um, I know in your early experiences when you were exposed to uh, McGee and 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 some of the other mentors that you had, you were practicing in, um, in congregative uh, realities. I, I know you spent some time working in a sheltered workshop. I know that you spent some time in New Zealand working up Actually, on a farm in a kind of horticultural um, mm. uh, experience base, and um, it 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 seems to me that values obviously are are fundamental and, and foundational, but but also the structure in which people with disabilities are oft, often find themselves need to be um, examined as well pretty closely, because regardless of uh, how uh, you know, gentle, uh, one might be uh, in personhood. Um, if somebody is captured on a farm or in a, in kind of a congregative or sheltered or a siloed, uh, world, um, they still are, are missing, um, the opportunities that can be afforded when folks have more control over the, the settings in which they find themselves. And I know as you, as you're, as you're, um, uh, a professional life has grown, you know, certainly your practice at Mamre and now the work you're doing with Better Connected Queensland um, certainly reflect this, uh, this bigger picture. But can you speak to uh, some of those early congregative experiences that you had and what bothered you about that?
1: Uh, yeah, good, good question, Al, and, and you make some good points there. I think I, I think there was great learning in it for me uh, as an individual uh, t- to reflect on what worked well and what didn't work well and and so in seeing the um, the, the large settings with with many people in them um, I, what I noted was that um, people never moved on from them they that was mm. their their lot and I, I I found people to be great people I found staff to have good hearts I found you know, the philosophies of what they were trying to practice or the quality to to be excellent. Uh, But what it missed uh, was that those people often lived with a group of other people. They often got on a minibus, went to work with those people. They spent all day with those people. And then they went home with those people. And um, they appeared happy uh, to some degree. And uh, so it wasn't about that. It was more about what they were missing out on. And uh, as I said in my earlier conversation, I realised that they weren't meeting anybody else. They weren't Mm -hmm. knowing anybody who was their neighbour. They weren't knowing anybody that they could go out on a Saturday night for a meal with. And that Mm -hmm. learning from the day that I was on the beach was my goal then was about connecting people with other people outside of those settings. That was my greatest Mm -hmm. learning. And so people started to go and visit others in the weekends, they started to go out to the movies and do those sorts of things, and they became less reliant on me as the provider of service. It was never; it should never have been, I guess, about us as a service provider. We filled a small part of that person's life, but it should never have been filling their whole life with this congregated right. thing, and and that's yeah. what was happening. And so I yeah. can give you examples today of people that have lived in congregated settings that still know nobody outside of that mm. congregated settings, and they've lived in that service for some 30 or 40 years, and yet they know not one single person right. outside of that. And I think right. to myself, that's a, a crime, and I don't want to be too um, – you know, over the top about that. But that person, that individual that I'm thinking of, has had millions of dollars of funding uh, to support her in that situation, and still uh, she knows nobody outside of that setting. So we were, uh, you know, in the early days, we talked about the sheltered workshops. No one ever really got out the front door. We were were Mm -hmm. training them to, to be this person who could do these skills, and they were very good at what they did. They were very, very good at the manufacturing, the building, the wheelbarrows, the counting, the the whatever. They made very few mistakes. They turned up every day, so their attendance was great. But they never left. They never left that place. The only thing that changed, uh, you know, in the country that I came from, a a little country called New Zealand, was that they decided that they would close all those sheltered workshops down one day. They decided Mm -hmm. that people had real jobs in their communities They decided that people shouldn't work in congregated settings or live in congregated settings just because they had a disability. And so it was a philosophical change of of a movement, if you like, uh, of of where Mm -hmm. the sector was. Uh, But that hasn't Mm -hmm. happened everywhere, as you know. There are still sheltered workshops. They may have a different name on the door, but in fact they're still doing what they do. It's very what I call um, institutionalised. Uh, you yeah. know, which yeah. has a whole lot of different connotations with that word, but it's very methodical mm-hmm. and leaves very little room, I guess, for growth and development, and you know, for nurturing relationships and friendships.
0: Mm. So, so let's let's fast forward now with mm. with that that passion um, and the kinds of experiences, the things you saw. Uh, you know, I I know of your. Uh, uh, of some of the atrocities uh, that that you saw at uh, Templeton Center uh, in in some of your work there uh, the the you know the kinds of ways that people can really be um can 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 be squeezed both uh, uh, from from a, uh, a an emotional point as well as from certainly a connection and relationship point. Let's fast forward now to. The work that you're initiating with Better Connected uh, Queensland, and and some of how do you what 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 is your intentionality um, as it relates to um, uh, this this notion of both the micro and the macro that we treat people with the dignity and with the respect that all people should be afforded. But then this macro sort of thing, this this opportunity to soften community, so that so that people don't get stereotyped, they don't get typecast, they don't get uh, put into a, a kind of a tribal mentality. Well, that person is different from me. They're from a different tribe. They they don't really belong with the rest of us in the community. Uh, where do you see Better Connected going uh, as it relates to that kind of challenge? I, I guess, uh, uh, from my perspective,
1: well, uh, you know, having worked for thirty-five years, you 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 get to a stage, I guess, where you you look back over that time, and you see uh, the gaps, uh, you see the people failing, um, you see people being ostracised uh, in all sorts of ways. Um, Sometimes because of the complexities of their needs, that they are ostracised uh, from not only formal service providers but also from their family, uh, their friends, um, and and this this is um, this is common. Um, it becomes um, that people are ostracised for whatever reason, um, and mm. and uh, through that, uh, of course, forms isolation. Um, and I guess better connected was all about trying to reverse. Uh, some of those trends that have been seen. So, um, and I'm not too sure what you call it uh, in the states, but uh, you know the the thing here, I guess, was a thing called workplace health and safety. Uh, I'm not too sure uh, if that resonates with you people, but all of a sudden, people became a risk. Uh, people became. Um, you know, challenging, Uh, they got labelled, and for all the reasons, um, you know, they were really just, I guess, uh, calling out for some support and some help. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. for me, uh, we wanted to create uh, Better Connected was about to try and reverse that trend, uh, to pick up on the people that perhaps uh, were no longer being supported for whatever reason, Um, for those people that perhaps uh, didn't have the ability to connect uh, without some support, um, so, mm-hmm. so so many it, it, it's it's such. I guess from my perspective, it makes so much sense uh, that that we look at you know what's naturally in somebody's life. You know who's there, um, who's who's around that person. You know who are the people in a person's life that know them deeply, and when I say deeply. That's very different to to just you know coming and doing a shift, moving on. Coming and doing a shift, right. moving on. Uh, writing a running record to say how they were today. It's it's someone there to advocate for them, to to knows them when they're they're a bit off colour. Who knows them um, that uh, you, you know when something's not quite right. So for me, the Better Connected was always going to be about identifying people in an individual's life, to start with, to to have a a formation of people around that person to form a a support network uh, who care about that person, who um, are there for that person regardless of their behaviour, on the good days and the bad days, and particularly the bad days, that that Mm -hmm. their attention to them was unconditional on their behaviour or their situation, um, and that uh, they were there for the long haul. Better Connected was developed um, as a service that walks beside people no matter when, and I think the flexibility that's required in good support these days is is a really important factor, and so many people today do not fit in to the, the structure or the systems are required by government or by not-for-profit organisations or large service providers. So it was really about getting down to that 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 micro level of support. So what do you need? How do I provide that?
0: Yeah. You
1: know, I think the other thing yeah. that has been a very big learning for us in our in our short time is that it has to be local. It, it's it's. If you're going to support someone well, it needs to be local. It needs to be within their community. It needs to involve people that come from that community, who know that community. And in this big day and age, we have centralizations, we have big offices, we have, you know, supports coordinations. We've got, you know, all of these key people who perhaps don't even come from that community, who don't know the community, they don't know the rhythms of that community. Um, they don't know mm-hmm. what's happening, they don't know the free concert down the road, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I mm-hmm. think you know, one of the things we're trying to do is to look at that that local support and building it up so that it's not dependent on uh, Better Connected, it's not dependent, it's mm-hmm. going to be successful on its own. Our goal is for it to walk on its by itself. So the support mm-hmm. and network is built uh, it's self supporting, it's self it's sustaining, and really better connected. All we do is give guidance, a counsel, mm-hmm. debrief, we provide training, we provide lots of encouragement, a listening ear. We're just there for people through the good times wow. as well as the bad times, just as a yeah. support.
0: Let, let me ask this um, in the States, um, there's, a, um, there's a program, it's been actually. Running since the 70s, um, initiated by, uh, Wolf Wolfensberger, uh, in his social role valorization, uh, framework. And it's called citizen advocacy. And I, I know that in Australia and down under, uh, there's a, a citizen advocacy movement. In fact, a couple shows back, we, we, um, uh, interviewed, uh, uh, John Murphy. Uh, who is uh, one of the directors of Citizen Advocacy in the state of Nebraska, uh, which is a very forward sort of leaning state as it relates to disability issues. And uh, um, so, so where and I, I'm much sh- I think you're aware of Citizen Advocacy and the Wolfensberger kind of thing. So, wh- where do you see a Better Connected Queensland fitting into, or does it fit in, or where's the uniqueness of Better Connected? As compared to something like citizen advocacy.
1: Look, um, Al, it's completely aligned. There is no difference. Uh, you know what I'm talking about today is nothing new, and it's nothing unknown. It's just not practiced very often. And <laughs> yeah. I think I think what I've discovered is that we seem to be going in the opposite direction. There's mm-hmm. just a, mm-hmm. it seems to me like a tsunami or a tidal wave of of the systems processes um service delivery type which is you know it, it's cold it's 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 you know people brought up a rapport with somebody then they they moved on uh staff mm-hmm. are treated poorly they're managed poorly yeah. they they don't get the support they don't get the mentoring that I was fortunate enough to have when I was a young fella mm-hmm. and still have today um, and okay. and so we 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 turn people over we we and and so people are coming in and out of someone's life there's no succession planning. There's no continuity. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just seems to me that it's broken. And we just mm-hmm. keep on going at it without ever questioning what are we doing wrong? We never look right. back at what are our learnings here. We never sit around the table long enough to say mm-hmm. how could mm-hmm. we do better? What 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 went well? What didn't go well? We're too afraid mm-hmm. to do that. Or we're turning mm-hmm. over the staff and the management so quickly that, that there's no one to ask that question. No one knows yeah, what happened yeah. five years ago or what our learnings were five years ago. And so I guess what, what I'm saying there is that the, the you know, social world valorization is just as valid today as mm-hmm. it was, you know, mm-hmm. when it was created in the 70s. It is no to yeah. People are people are people. And we, um, our needs have never changed and never will change. Right.
0: You know, we're, right. we're
1: a social creature. We we need to be connected. We need to feel Um, valued, we need to uh, be, be, you know, recognised for for our gifts and our talents. And here we go, going into this big churn of this modern world with big flash neon signs flashing, but really, (laughs) are people happy? You know, are people uh, connected? Are people getting out and having a good life? Um, Yeah. uh, Sure, people are, but but yeah. is it in silos or is it a general thing? Where is the yeah. leadership today, Al? You know, where are the people? Yeah. Where, where's the government saying, actually, yeah. you know, um, we could do this better? And the funny thing about this, Al, is that putting in the right support in the right ways, it makes economic sense. <laughs> yes. I don't plan to go into a situation and say I want to be here forever, you know, because I'm getting paid for it. I'm going to go into the situation and say how do I make this self-sustaining so that that I'm no longer needed anyway? Oh, yes, I would love to be invited for the cup of tea and the birthday celebration because hopefully (laughs) I'm a friend and I'm valued uh, to that situation. Uh, but, But, you know, it's a very different world, and I call it something horrible. I call it client capture. We capture people, and they can never get away. Oh, and we think right. that's okay. And all we're doing is yeah. disempowering them. We're taking away what I call their natural authority to, to mm. live a good life. Um, and they, yeah. they become enclosed and embedded in this, this system yeah. world, and they can never yeah. break out of it out. And, and uh, I know it yeah. sounds a bit dramatic, but it, it's just such a trap that we've fallen into over this last 35 years. Yeah, And, yeah. and it's yeah. just, I mean... The accepted norm, the accepted norm, yeah. and it's not good enough. So, Better yeah. Connect is, is about bucking that trend. It's about saying, no, That's mm, it hasn't been successful from my perspective. Uh, people yeah. aren't connected with their communities. Uh, they're still living in isolation. They're still living segregated from um, their, their, their communities. So, so right. um, how successful have we been?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, David, uh, the 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 words you just said i'm sure is going to are going to resonate uh, powerfully with listeners um as it relates to the mechanization of human services and 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 it's the capitalization of human services it's really becoming more and more just a a business and an industry uh but one of the things that i'd like to uh hear some of your thoughts on um and that is uh, you know, your, your better half, uh, Andrea, uh, who's just a wonderful advocate in and of her, herself in terms of the work that she does, uh, in educational systems. Um, uh, where, w- you know, where do you see the intersection between better connected and, and schools and, and the school system? Because, you know, now we have laws that have been, that have been, um, uh, uh passed. It, all over the world, certainly in Australia as well as in the United States, that mandate that children with significant disability or children with disabilities have a right to education, and educational systems have to um, accommodate um, those children. And and um, I think looking at starting there with uh, the ch- a sea change in terms of how people are treated. And, and the shifting um, of the paradigm, the educational paradigm, uh, back to really recognizing this, the, the, the value of inclusion and the potency uh, that when, when people are included in a, a part of the, of the process, uh, everybody wins in, in that situation. So tell me a little bit about the intersection between uh, Better Connected uh, Queensland and the work that uh, Andrea has been doing as an educational advocate.
1: Wow, gosh. <laughs> that, that's, um, yeah, it, it's huge, isn't it? Absolutely huge. And, yeah. and I'll, I'll, I'll move on to that. I, I went to speak with a support, uh, parent support group the other day, and all of the children had, uh, you know, the, the diagnosis of autism. There wasn't one parent sitting there that hadn't had their child suspended or expelled from school and, and even though you talk about uh, people's rights to an education and things like that, the barriers are still significant uh, every day. Uh, they, they battle and fight. And, and uh, you know, uh, my thing is that as a parent or as an individual taking on a system world, whether it be the education department, the health disability, whatever it's called, is just such an enormous task and energy. And when I'm tired, I don't have that energy. You know, I'm just wanting to get through the day. I'm just wanting, you know, someone to put their arms out and say, hey, we'll give you a break. Yeah. Hey, send them to school. <laughs> we're here for you. Hey, we know, yeah. you know, this is not easy, but, you know, we're, we're here for you. But it's the opposite. People are having to battle all that time. So I guess with yeah. Andrea and, and her um, um training uh, program that she runs is, is about inclusiveness, it's about, you know, understanding autism, it's about understanding disability, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to be quoted on this, but but I heard a, a, a story the other day um, of a person uh, in a wheelchair who was uh, training to be a teacher, um, and she was told that, that uh, she should start applying for jobs not in the mainstream education system but in special education system because she obviously had a disability. She was in a wheelchair. Mm. The question then came up, how many teachers in Queensland, you know, a state of, you know, four and a half million people, how many teachers in Queensland have uh, use a wheelchair? Do you know what the answer is, Mm. Al? Not one. One. Not one. Not one person who uses a wheelchair in Queensland, to my knowledge, is a teacher. It mm. speaks volumes—absolute yes, volumes—to yeah, me. No. It's wow. absolutely heartbreaking. So, what Andrea is trying to do, I guess, is—is is introduce, because uh, she trains teachers. She's, uh, you know, that's her, her role, is to introduce people to to the world of difference, uh, the richness of mm. difference, mm. the richness of diversity of culture, uh, because it's all the same. It's about mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. not about disability it's yeah. just about members yeah. of our community it's nothing right. to do with if i have down syndrome if i have autism if i use a wheelchair if i have cerebral palsy if i am from this country or that country or if i have this this faith or that faith people are people and 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 all yeah. she all she's trying to get across is that don't put people in this box don't treat people differently in this box Understand them, understand their individuality. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's yeah. not rocket yeah. science, but it just happens yeah. all of the time. People right. have to battle to be accepted. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be like that. And that's where that macro change is so important now. We need to have levers saying, open mm-hmm. arms, welcome, yeah. this is our school. What do you what do you want us to change so it's accessible for you? Right. You know? Right. Um uh, we've got a new building. Uh, I remember, uh, Al. Sorry to, to go off on this, but it's absolutely
0: yeah.
1: uh, heartbreaking to me. I, uh, as an auditor, coming to Australia, I was auditing uh, disability services, social services, advocacy services, employment services, and of course, one of the first uh, standards in, in our in our quality system was accessibility of service. And um, mm-hmm. I, I I got offside very quickly with the government here because most of the buildings weren't accessible to people in wheelchairs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm saying, well, how can I pass you as accessible when somebody, <laughs> half of my team and my audit team who used wheelchairs or had sight dogs could not come on the audit with me because they can't access your building. And mm-hmm. and it was a huge debate because they said, but David, we have nobody that attends this service, meaning people with a disability who use wheelchairs. Yeah. And I said, uh, and nor they never will, and nor will yeah, you ever right. be a star person that requires an accessible building. Yeah, so if, yeah. if you're battling well, with the government over something so absolutely fundamental, and if you as a disability department cannot fly the flag for people mm-hmm. with disabilities, what hope yeah. has the rest of the you know organizations and services got? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. You know, right. this is, uh, it is, and this is, uh, such a powerful discussion. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, we don't have, uh, time to get into things, but, you know, the political, uh, winds as they, as they sway, uh, certainly in the United States, in New Zealand, in, in, in Australia, uh, we're seeing this sort of backlash as it relates to social issues of, Indigenous people, social issues of immigrants uh, um, gender uh, related issues, uh, obviously disability related even you know religious and ethnic uh, related differences that are now really being uh, either single dot a uh, stereotype, uh, this tribal uh, mentality that sort of is invading um, the thinking of government uh, today that that really you know, uh, make the, the work that you're talking about doing with, uh, with better connected Queensland and the work that, that we've been trying to do through the interdependence network and, and, um, and other macros sort of change agendas, um, that much more challenging, um, that, but, but on, on the positive side, you know, we do have advocates, um, like you and advocates like Andrea and, and folks that are out there uh, continuing to um, talk about the power and the potency of inclusivity and that, and that how, uh, when one boat goes up, all the boats um, are, 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 are influenced uh, by that. And that, um, uh, that as we move forward, um, you know, that, these political wins are going to, are going to change. And, and I think we advocates have a responsibility to assure that our, our public officials um, are, 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 are guarding and safeguarding uh, these really important uh, tenants. Um, And, you know, who knows we, we, you know, down the road, um, uh, the um, you know, as we look as, as, as old timers, like uh, you and I, um, begin to sort of look back, um, uh, you know, uh, over time, uh, I think, um, I think that the gains will outweigh some of the frustrations and some of the, the, you know, the, you know, the, the harnesses that, that, that we're struggling with uh, today. Um, David, this has been really been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Let me, let me just sort of ask you as a close, what, what, what's next uh for for you with uh with better uh connected queensland. Um, where do you see um your organization where do you see your role as an advocate you know five, ten years down the, down the path.
1: ah uh, yeah thank you. it's been great great chatting with you as as always and and i get so much from talking to you and and i've mm-hmm. um learned so much over the years of knowing you. thank you. Well, i i think for better connected it's uh, about being at the table. It, it's about mm-hmm. uh, sharing knowledge, uh, wisdom, learnings, uh, challenging gently um, people's thinking, uh, questioning why people continue to do something that, that doesn't work. And uh, I agree with you. I, I hope to, to, to look back and see good gains and good changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people today get so caught up with the way it is rather than saying how it could be. And uh, mm-hmm. we, we can never stop doing that. And uh, I think we've created a huge society of learned helplessness uh, amongst our mm-hmm. staff, amongst our young managers, who are often brilliant, shining lights in the making, and we don't we don't spend the time listening and encouraging them and nurturing them to, mm-hmm. to be the leaders of tomorrow. We must do that yeah. Yeah. Uh, so us old-timers um, can... can uh, <laughs> rest one day um but i can never see that happening to be honest i think we'll go through to the end (laughs) Uh,
0: david if people want to find out a bit more about better connected what's Mm. the website that they could go to in order to um track a little bit more of the work the good work that you're doing uh in queensland and um and how might people get in touch with you Uh, should they have any questions or want to probe Uh. a bit more I I'd,
1: I'd welcome any conversation with anyone from any part of the world just just love to have conversations with people of course so the website is www.connectedqld, which is an abbreviation for queensland so connectedqld.com and on that website uh, we have provision to make contact and contact details uh so so please uh, please feel free to to ask any questions uh, through that uh, forum, um, and I'll certainly respond.
0: Mm-hmm. David, this has really been great. You know, uh, we're speaking with uh, today uh, David Isaac, uh, who's the director of uh, Better Connected Queensland, a uh, long history as a disability advocate in both New Zealand as well as in Australia. Um, David has also been a, an active member of the Interdependence Network, um, the sponsor of this podcast. You can find out more about the interdependent Net- interdependence network by uh, taking a look at our website, um, uh, which is www.buildingsocialcapital.org. We're going to put a link up on our website to um, uh, uh, David's uh, website, uh, connectedqld.com. So we'll we'll have a, a way of linking in there. Uh, should you um, uh, want to uh, find out a bit more about uh, about David's good work. Uh, David, I did, it's been a pleasure having you on the You Can Call Me Out podcast uh, today. And we look forward to amazing things uh, that are going to happen uh, through the continued good work that you do and, and the continued good work of Andrea, wh- who will be a guest at some point on uh, – on the call me Al podcast to talk about some of the educational advocacy work that she's been doing, um, in, um, in Australia. So, uh, with that, David, thank you very much. Ladies thank you, and gentlemen, Al. thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining into, uh, the call me Al podcast sponsored by the Interdependence network. Thanks so much. And see you next time. Um, uh, right at, uh, at this podcast.